And welcome, everybody, to episode 55 of the Progression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. We've got a special edition of the RTM pod with a special guest. It's back like he never left. Welcome back, Kev Masurgeon. Kev, the Roto Surgeon. How are you doing, my man? Sean, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. It's, I'm so sorry that we don't have Keegan on the episode today to get the full bore episode of all three of us, but you know it's going to be a great time. Uh, I'm excited to talk some uh, pass catchers. No Keegan here today. Keegan had to drive to the Central Valley. So for anyone of our listeners that knows where that is, you know that Keegan's having a tough day. Uh, but we have Aiden here joining. Aiden, you're making this kind of a regular thing. How you feeling, man? Feeling good. Yeah, friend of the program, frequent friend of the program at this point. I'm feeling good three weeks out from the draft, and we're still talking prospects. So, you know, we're hanging in there and, uh, yeah, ready for a fun draft here today. How many mock drafts have you done, and what's the most common pick the Bears are going to have at nine? Oh, man, dude, I'm reading mock drafts all day. Um, if I had to guess, if we're staying at nine, it's got to be Paris Johnson, but we'll see. Paris Johnson. Paris okay. Johnson feels like the no-brainer, but I think this draft's going to be wonky. If they traded down, if there was you know, a QB that slid, maybe bucks up or something, uh, wouldn't surprise me. But Paris Johnson's, that, that's my final answer at nine. Wow, no, Skor- no Skoransky. That's tough. I would have thought the local kid. He's got the baby arms, and we really need a tackle. <laughs> I think he's going to be an absolute awesome uh, pro, but he kind of he kind of profiles as a guard. Um, we'll yeah. see, though. Yeah, local kid, though. I I don't know, man. Ryan Poles is in charge, and I'm I'm fully on board. Before we cover all things pass catchers for today's episode, uh, Kev, I got one question for you. What's the deal with Alec Baum? Is this like your your favorite person in the world? I also hear that is it Tyler Green, Aiden? You were saying Tyler Green's his, his other crush. Oh, Riley Green, yeah, Riley Green, Riley Green, yeah, Riley Green <laughs> yeah. or or Alec Baum? Who who are you taking? Riley Green. I love Riley Green. For those who don't know, these are two young MLB yeah. players, both like between like twenty four, twenty five. Actually, Riley Green's like twenty two, twenty three, but. Uh, yeah, they're just fantastic baseball players. I expect to have, I don't want to say Hall of Fame careers, but very good careers going forward. You know, Hall of Fame is lofty, but, you know, Baum's experiencing some semblance of a breakout. He's tapping into that power. Why I like guys like this, it's, it's the ones who come up and have mediocre starts to their career. And then I latch onto them, like Mitch Keller, too, of the Pirates. He's a starting pitcher for the Pirates. And, you know, people kind of bag on these young guys who come up and have tough first, second years. And, you know, these breakouts in baseball, especially for like these top end prospect prospects, sometimes take a couple years to really develop and come through. And as long as they're, sh- uh, they're showing signs of competence, I like to believe in them because the general public bashes on them. So it's kind of a push pull kind of thing. Like Riley Green had a bad first year because he like broke his foot. Alec Baum, his first stint was good, but then he was terrible in his first full season. And then something else went wrong where he wasn't like hitting home runs. People were pissed, except he had like a 300 average, whatever. I like the, uh, you know, the underdogs, the underdog prospects who were once top prospects and then fell from grace. So you're Kadarius Tonys of the world. No, absolutely not. (laughs) The last last thing I would ever stand with Kadarius Tony, but, but a sky more, a sky more is someone I was like, he's going to take a little bit of time to develop. It is. His first year, he wasn't great, but I'm I'm all in on the second year breakout because what was he supposed to do? Overtake Juju Smith Schuster, who was getting paid like yeah. nine million dollars? No, that's a good point. No, that's a good point. I kid. I know you hate Kadarius Tony, but I thought it'd be fun to throw I that around. Hate, I hate Kadarius Tony. I don't. I don't think he's good. I think he's he's good as as in his role as like a gadget, but I don't think he's a good NFL wide receiver in terms of the full package. Yeah, I don't really think he knows how to run routes, but he is fun to watch on a TikTok. <laughs> I mean, he is electric. When they throw him on a TikTok and he's breaking tackles. Woof, um, woof. Okay, Keb, before we dive in real quick, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, so at Rotosurgeon on Twitter, uh, that's literally stream of consciousness. That's where my uh, my takes, my tweets, my all that good stuff goes out. So if you want any and all information on whatever sport, baseball, football, and even some basketball, check me out on Twitter. And then the operating room is the podcast. Go check that out for, you know, I'm doing baseball right now, but football season as it leaks in, I will be getting into the drafts, uh, probably post NFL draft. I will have some dynasty takes maybe. 
So yeah, check out the operating room and follow me on Twitter at Rotosurgeon. Really healthy approach to talk about these prospects after they're drafted. It's the real sickos that are drafting them before they're drafted, where a team is just yeah. such an important component of where these guys are actually going to land. But follow Kev if you haven't. Best succession means on Twitter. Got to do it. Tap in. Okay, for today's episode, if you have listened to us previously, we have covered quarterbacks. We have covered running backs. We've covered lessons from the 2022 draft. Today's episode, we are combining wide receivers and tight ends, and the three of us are going to do a 1 through 12 snake draft. So if you're familiar with our running back format, we're doing the exact same thing with Aiden and Kev. Really why we combined tight ends and wide receivers, one, not the best wide receiver class. We've been incredibly spoiled over the last two to three years. And two, this tight end class is ridiculous. Like truly, truly special tight end class. A lot of guys are going to have like 10-year careers in the NFL. I don't know if they're going to be incredible as pass catchers, but a lot of guys they are going to play and be very valuable in real football terms. So I thought it'd be a lot of fun if we combined it. We drafted. We know the format. This is fantasy football. This is football. We love drafting things, all right? This is what we get out of bed for. Okay. Kev, you are our guest on today's episode, so we thought it'd be fair if you picked first. Aiden is going to pick second. I'm going to handle third and take that wraparound for fourth. So, Kev, why don't you get us started here? Who are you taking first in this uh, very official pass catcher draft? Very official. Very uh, yeah, I'm going with my I'm going with my USC boy Jordan Addison. That's that's a lock. I'm taking him number one as my wide receiver one. Obviously, Bijan. Maybe even Jameer Gibbs, I'd take over him in like a standard league. But that's neither here nor there. Pass catcher-wise, he is the number one wide receiver for fantasy. Uh, I love Quentin Johnston's upside. I, I consider him as well, you know, in this range. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously, fantastic. It'd be a stellar fantasy piece. But, you know, Addison's been doing this for multiple seasons. He's been a dominant, productive wide receiver since Pittsburgh. I still say he's the reason that Kenny Pickett got drafted in the first round. <laughs> Similar to how Will Levis got this hype, you know, to Wandell Robinson being, you know, a 50% target or whatever, 50% usage there, whatever it was in his time at Kentucky. My belief is Jordan Addison was so good. He made Kenny Pickett look like an NFL quarterback. So I'm going with him. Number one, like he, he kept that production up in a even more talented USC wide receiver room with uh, Mario Williams. Uh, Jerry Rice's son, uh, many like Kyle Ford and many others. So, yeah, Jordan Addison, number one. Wow. I knew it wasn't going to be JSN. I was telling Aiden before we recorded that it wasn't going to be JSN. I thought maybe it'd be QJ, but we have Jordan Addison no. off the board. Yeah, he, he really had a dominant works. breakout season as a sophomore with Kenny Pickett. And then, you know, he had a really good season with USC, but it wasn't like the statistical dominance that he had. He, I think he won the Bolitnikov uh, at, at Pitt, yep. which is yeah. crazy. So he went two different schemes, two different quarterbacks, two different conferences, put up big numbers. When I'm looking at the tape with Addison, like he's super smooth. Whenever he's coming in and out of his breaks, running his routes, I don't really see him decelerating. It's not jerky. It is very smooth. For his size, he's more of like a lunch pail receiver than you would give him credit for, where he's just going to get out there, get open, get a first down. I think what was interesting, too, when you look at the stats, he was incredible at Pitt, and he had a primary slot percentage usage of like 68%. He goes to USC, and he only plays in the slot 23% of his snaps. So I don't know if he projects as like a slot receiver or as an X or someone you can move around the rotation, but I think he projects as a very good like wide receiver two and could like be a wide receiver one. He's kind of like skinny, smaller Calvin Ridley, which you kind of see like the, to his game. I see a little bit of Hollywood Brown, but Aiden, what do you think about Addison? Yeah, I like him a ton. I've watched him over the last two years. The comp that I kind of get when I watch him is more so ARSB, but I kind of see the Calvin Ridley too in terms of um, the size. And it just feels like he's always open when you watch him on tape. It's very smooth yeah. in and out of his cuts. All three levels of the field, just being able to stretch and really get behind the defense. So I think it's a slam dunk pick. He he broke 21 yeah. tackles at Pitt. It's pretty, he had like, it's he had like nice. 1,600 yards. Uh, nice. Yeah, like you said, it yeah, definitely nice. boosted Kenny Pickett's stock there, having a guy like that uh, consistently catching the ball and getting in the end zone. Yeah, looking at his uh, fr true freshman year at Pitt, he led, the, he led the team in yards, and the only other comparable wide receiver on the team was a senior. So it was DJ Turner, was second in yards, 
And he was a true freshman, basically leading the team and outperforming a super senior. And although DJ Turner isn't some, you know, star wide receiver or anything, but it still shows how developed he was, how, how talented he was from a young age. Obviously, one of the built in the as a sophomore. That's huge. That's Jamar. Ch- I mean, he's not Jamar Chase, but that's what Jamar Chase did. And then obviously he took the next season off. Jordan Addison could have taken his junior season off and waited to get drafted. He would have been a lock for the first round. And I, I don't want to say playing at USC hurt his stock, but, you know, I, I think it was just like prospect fatigue where you expect, oh, a 2,000-yard season yeah. with Caleb Williams where it just, he was really good. He missed like three games. He played 11 out of 14 games last year, so it's not like he was fully healthy. And again, he played in a more talented wide receiver room. Mario Williams, I expect to get drafted pretty high next year. And I don't think you could really hold his junior year against him considering how good his sophomore season was. And the fact that he really suffered like a major injury that's going to carry over. It was just something minor that lingered and they wanted him healthy for a potential playoff run. He put up numbers still though. It's not like he had yeah. like a Cedric Tillman where he caught 12 touchdowns his junior year and then comes out of senior year and he has 400 yards, right? Like he, he still had a yeah, great season. He was still season. like right around 1,000 yards. Like yeah. he was all over the field. He had some huge games. Uh, still a pretty impressive season. I think he's really good. I think I see him more as like a wide receiver too in the NFL, but in the right offense, he's yeah. going to put up a ton of fantasy points because he's just going to be open. Yeah, I like the Calvin Ridley comp though. I think that's, uh, for fantasy at least, is that one wide receiver 1B where if you have, uh, I-, I projected, I did a little mock. Uh, I put him on the Titans where like, a Traylon Burks, Jordan Addison combo where Burks is the X outside, pure, uh, pure just go routes and slants and whatnot. Just like let him run three routes and let him dominate. And then you have Jordan Addison on the other side as the Z kind of doing his thing, being a little more creative. Uh, you know, maybe that hybrid Deontay Johnson, Calvin Ridley type. And I'm not the biggest Deontay Johnson fan, but in that similar mold of being a deep threat and ra- awesome route runner yeah. who just gets open at will and takes pressure off Burks in the meantime, because Burks obviously is limited. He's a fantastic wide receiver. I'm going to draft him this year, but having them play off each other like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith did just last season, I think that's a perfect fit. And, you know, the Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson-ish mold of Addison is just, it, it's going to yeah. it's gonna flow so well in the NFL. Yeah, I, I like that. All right, Aiden, you're on the clock. Who are you taking it to? Let's do it. I, I thought he was definitely going one bun, but I'm going JSN. Um, I had Pretty much had him crossed off, uh, fall, uh, down to one two. I absolutely love it here. Um, dude's a freak. Obviously, didn't play much last year, but looks fully healthy. His combine and and uh, pro day numbers are absolutely insane. Back in twenty twenty one, outproducing Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and you look at what those guys are doing in the NFL already. And to come to think, he might be the best one out of all three of them. I love him. It just feels like the kind of just like twitch and open space and his ability to get open is going to be a QB's best friend. Uh, no idea where he's going to fall, but I think absolutely security blanket going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. No reason why he can't come in and be the wide receiver one from day one on any given offense. That game again, the game he had against Utah, it was like over 300 like yards. Three touchdowns. It was... <laughs> It was just, it was, it looked fake when they showed it up. It's like something when you do like Road to Glory in NCAA, and it was just like your wide receiver at 400 receiving yards. It seemed fake. I don't know how to make this where, where wide receivers that are clearly so elite then say the other guy was better than them. Like, right. Remember when AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were like Elijah Moore? Yes. It's like, Really? I think this really one is more realistic, though. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Like, like we saw it on tape. Like, the three of them were playing together. He outproduced them both by hundreds of yards. Playing, Like, we'll see. Like, maybe it's not going to happen, but with his pro day measurables and just, like, hit that quick twitch, I yeah, I see him being an absolute slam dunk. Um, yeah, we'll see where he goes, though. I feel like it's all about fit at the end of the day. Um, ideally, he falls into a favorable position, especially for fantasy football purposes. But, um yeah, one, two, I'm feeling pretty good that he's there for me. Yeah, I think he reminds you of like a souped up Jacoby Myers, which isn't an insult because I really like Jacoby Myers, but I feel like he's going to be great in like fantasy football. He's not the fastest, yeah. obviously. He's not like, we know this. He's like a four or five wide receiver, which isn't the end of the world. DeAndre Hopkins isn't a fast wide receiver. Uh, Antonio Brown wasn't a very fast wide receiver. You could win. especially You could win inside, outside as a four or five wide receiver, especially at like six foot, almost 200 or so, yeah. whatever he weighs. Um, but my fear is that playing like the one season we saw him, he played with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and yes, he outproduced him, but how much 
of him outproducing them was teams respecting Olave and Wilson more than they respected JSN in the slot. And that's not to say that JSN is bad because of it, because he still put up the numbers. But teams knew of Olave. Teams knew of Garrett Wilson after his uh, freshman year. And Olave had been around for about two years before then. We, he didn't really play much as a true freshman, which isn't the biggest knock. Jamison Williams didn't play at Ohio State at all until he got, and then he played when he got dealt, I'm not dealt, but transferred to Alabama. And then he, in his third year, has the hamstring, which soft tissue injuries, I'm not a huge fan of because those are things like linger, especially when they're serious enough to keep you out for roughly a full year. When he was on the field, he didn't look that good either. So was he healthy? Was he not? We don't know. I, I feel like in a vacuum, if you were giving me Addison or JSN and JSN would have played last season and produced similarly to 2021, or at least, you know, how Addison still had a great year, but wasn't 2021 Jordan Addison, I would take JSN just based off of how elite his 2021 is. But like hamstring injury, one year, I don't want to say one year wonder, but one year of production. It's very tough to take that for me at one, but I understand the, like that peak is so crazy though. Like 1,600 yards, the 300-yard game. and But I don't know. It, it, I, I'm torn on him. You, you have a good point. No one's talking about the injury. It's like no one's talking about it. Like, I think people are just assuming that he was kind of hurt but then just sat out the season to not impact his draft stock. I, I don't know. I haven't explicitly seen that, but I think that's just kind of the vibe or the assumption. I think I would be a little more skeptical or more willing to pump the brakes if we just hadn't seen Amon Ross St. Brown just be an absolute fantasy stud and real-life stud, and you watch ARSB, and I think ARSB is a little tougher. I think he'll stay in over the middle of the field and take more hits. I think that they're really similar, though, because JSN gets a knock that he's not very fast because he isn't, but his agility, his three-cone drill, like basically historic, right? Just really agile player. And he does break more tackles on film than he gets credit for he is making guys miss, and he is generating some yak. Now, it isn't like uh, Jalen Hyatt yak. It isn't Quentin Johnson yak, right, where it's just like, whoa. It's not like that. But he is able to make a guy miss, pick up some extra yards, like an Amon Ross St. Brown. I think people comparing him to Cooper Cup, like that is very high ceiling, right? Like Cooper Cup's like four inches taller. <laughs> I think seeing Amon Ross St. Brown do what he did in that Lions offense, like just plop him into a McVay-style, Shanahan-style offense, let him run the slot, run your passing game through him. You mentioned um, Jordan Addison and Traylon Burks being a good fit. I could really see JSN fitting really well with the vertical game of Traylon Burks, with the yak game of Traylon Burks. I can see it. I, I think he's going to be a good fit really wherever he goes, but I think his ceiling will be dependent upon if his offensive coordinator wants to make him kind of the fulcrum of the passing game. And I think you and I have talked about this too, Kev. It's like a Keenan Allen comp that could make sense. Yeah. Where it's like, that's like the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. That's that's the ceiling. Like I feel like Jacoby Myers to Keenan Allen. I mean, that's obviously very good, but it's just where would he land? Uh, if he's fully healthy, I'd put him closer to the Keenan Allen. But given that we don't really know, and I I really wish he would have just taken twenty twenty two off. I would have yeah. so fewer concerns because obviously yeah. the injury wouldn't exist, and we wouldn't have seen him not produce when he was on the field. It just. These question marks wouldn't exist. I'd be taking, just based off the tree, three code alone, I would be taking him first overall. But, uh, but it's not. Yeah. Th- that's not the case. We have the information at hand that he did miss the time, that he wasn't productive when he was on the field. And I, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm no. going to have to stick with Addison. And as much as I hype Quentin Johnson, I like him more in real life when I do hype him up. I think he's a difference maker on the field. But when it comes down to fantasy, when it comes down to uh, earning targets, I think JSN and Jordan Addison are going to do a better job of that. And... um yeah, so yeah, not to seem like a half measure because they're just top three in general, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, jumble it up however you want. I'd be fine with Quentin Johnson at one if I got him, but, you know, if you're allowing me to pick, yeah, JSN would probably fall. And, God, I, I hate hammies, man. It's just... They linger. These are things... They, they keep popping back up, too. It's it like... It's, and Keenan Allen, too. We're talking about Keenan Allen. Yes. It's a pretty <laughs> apropos. His Keenan hammy. got a bad rap though because his like kidney erupted and then he was like he had the ACL he had the kidney the cami he had and that's like where he was just like I'm not coming back to this thing's right and he, he was like out for like remember Brian Robinson got shot came back like, before Keenan Allen came like back significantly from his faster it was insane. yeah it was insane but you're right Keenan's been like a warrior ever since his first couple years in the league the guy's just like always been on the rope. yeah all right I've got the third pick. This is this is not going how I thought it was going to go. I'm I'm not going to lie. 
Um, this this is kind of what did you me think off. you were getting, dude? I, I, I think thought I'm... I was gonna have to choose between between Zay Flowers and uh, Zay Flowers and and Jordan Addison. That's what I thought I was mm. I was gonna be doing, but he's on the board. He's the most polarizing wide receiver prospect on the board. Um, watching, got to take Quentin Johnston out of TCU with the third pick. I'm swimming. I'm, I'm swinging here for pure upside. QJ is somebody that a lot of people uh, think sucks or think he's like the next alpha in the NFL. You know, squint hard enough when you're watching him play, you, you see DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but then when you squint out and take your glasses off, you see Kevin White, you know, oh, it's, it's all over too the place. Soon. On too soon. On things, that hurts. On, on things you can see, but like you don't see him create like a ton of separation off the line of scrimmage. He's not like that tactician like a JSN or Jordan Addison is. But then you see they run a screenplay for him and he catches it three yards behind the line of scrimmage. He makes four guys miss and he picks up 20 yards on a chunk play off a of yak. And I think yak is so valuable in the NFL. And maybe I'm just drinking the 49ers Kool-Aid because that's what all of our receivers do. But I think if you're going to have a really strong offensive coordinator, take Quentin Johnston, have a specific role for him, and say, we want you running crossers. We just want you going over the middle of the field, slants. We're going to make this as easy as possible. We're just going to mesh with you. Like, remember this house call against Michigan where it was just like he runs over the course of the middle of the field. Yeah. It was like a natural pick play. It was one on one versus like a safety in college, and it's like good luck. QJ's off to the house, off the races, off to the house. It's like I think if someone like the New York Giants were to draft QJ, I would be so pumped to see Dable scheme it up for him. I think it would look really awesome. Um, if I saw like the Patriots take him, I think his career would be over. I would be very concerned <laughs> about, yeah. about Quentin Johnston. But I mean, the guys just bounce off of him, and he has by far and away the best move of any wide receiver in the draft it's that fake spin where he catches it and he starts to lean one way and he hits the tor reverse tornado spin i was gonna say and that. you know it's coming on every play and he just dusts that, people that so first like, step when he catches yeah. is special like for his size too like like you shouldn't be moving <laughs> at like six three like oh, two ten yep. to have that type of like twitch first step when he's catching it and just absolutely dust you upfield is uh it's special it's not very physical though, like at the catch point, but he's incredibly yeah. physical after the yep. catch. He's he's just kind of a conundrum. It like if you just fix two things from his game, like with, without a doubt, he's a top ten pick in this draft. Oh, yeah. Like if you just gave him better hands yeah. at the point of the catch, like for jump balls, and you just made him just even a little bit more of a nuanced route runner. But I mean, if you look at like Matt Harmon's reception perception. Like, I thought it wasn't going to be very favorable to Quentin Johnston. I thought it was going to, like, really come through that he was a bad route runner. He's 85th percentile against man coverage. He's 59th against press, which means he can beat press man, which is which is solid. But he's really bad against zone coverage. He was 12th percent. So, like, That's kind of a weird prospect. I think he is a slam dunk in terms of swinging for upside. He is the most, like... High risk, high reward, high variance player in the draft. And I think, Kev, you hit it too. Like, he could just be a really good football player where you put him on the field and just changes the dynamic of the offense, but it doesn't necessarily always translate to fantasy. Yeah. Which, you know, if he's a 120 target guy instead of the 140 that I expect from like JA and JSN, you know, that's not going to be as valuable for fantasy, but it's still like you're a difference maker on the field. He, my, when I watch, Quentin Johnson and the numbers, the numbers check out. You look at his numbers, true sophomore year, he broke out relative to how many games he played. The numbers check out. You're just like, okay, he had a dominant season. He's good. It just on the surface, it doesn't look as good because he played like what eight games. Yeah. That's the issue. He didn't, he didn't have the volume, but in terms of per game production, he was great. You look at his numbers early 2022. I think it was like the first four or five games he was dealing with like an ankle injury. He got healthy. He was having 200 yard games regularly. Kansas. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was dominant for a full season. And then this last season, it was a half season, but, you know, whatever. Just looking on tape, what I see with Quentin Johnson is someone who moves different. Yeah. That's what I look for when I like look at uh, skill position players. Can you do something no one else, not to say no one else in the NFL can, but no, uh, no one of your peers can do? Quentin Johnson in the middle of the field up against man, you, like you said, that little tornado spin move. I don't, I don't know where I've seen that. 
it's scary just seeing the way he could basically turn around defenders and make them not just make a miss in the open field, but like when they're looking right at him, they completely whiff. So there's like a, a, a je ne sais quoi, not, to, not that I say, not that I know French, but that one phrase, it's just like, there's something about it. There, there's that it factor. The, uh, he's built different. The hashtag I'm yeah. built different, blah, blah, blah. Quentin Johnson is, you're watching someone who plays the game at a different speed than everyone else. And it's not necessarily deep speed. It's not necessarily his 40. It's not necessarily his three cone time. It's just the way he moves with the ball in his hands. And that's the most dangerous thing when it comes to fantasy or discussing any of these guys, uh, quote unquote, ball in his hands, because that just means you, he's probably a bad pass catcher. And hopefully he works on his hands. He's still very young. He's not a fifth year guy. He's coming out as early to Claire, which is good. Um, you know, he gets that first round draft capital. I'm as assured of him as I could be, honestly. And Max Duggan sucked. He was not that yeah. good. He was five, but like he was not Heisman. He was not making it easy. No, he was like a Tebow. Just so much heart. Like so much heart. Yeah, just just laying it out. Teammates absolutely loved him. Like it's just like a a legend around those parts of town. But it was like it's time to go, man. It was tough to evaluate QJ. It was like maybe he'd be better if these balls that ball could have been thrown a little higher to the six three guy on the outside there. Maybe what? Like what do we think? It's like. Why? Why couldn't he high point that yeah. the ball's like in right here? It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like you want to click. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, because he's in the end zone. The ball's at the five yard line. Yeah. I, I don't on, know Max. what they want. Come it, on, it Max. was tough. It was tough. It was tough. Um. Okay, so I have the fourth pick here, Aiden. I'm gonna leave you guy. I think I'm gonna leave your guy. On the yeah, I know where this so is going. Yeah, I know where this is going. I with the fourth pick in the pass catcher draft. I'm taking Dalton Kincaid, tight end, out of Utah. So why am I so high on Kincaid? Maybe it's because I've been watching his highlights late at night and I'm getting a little sleepy, but he kind of looks like a baby Travis Kelsey. We can end the podcast. I just made the comp. I probably shouldn't have. But I just Mm. love the way that this guy moves. I think that with his size and his ability to run really nice routes, really strong ball tracking skills, makes really strong contested catches, like really highlight reel along the boundary, body control, high point catches he's faster than he looks he has really good feet he really forces defenders to take weird angles like guys are trying to square him up trying to end his life but the way he subtly moves just has guys bouncing off of him and i think that's really impressive like if you look at pff's grade like we can take pff with a grain of salt right but pff had dalton kincaid is the number one rated pass catcher out of every available wide receiver and tight end um in the entire like nation, which is just insane. If you look at his yards per route run, 2.4, which is really healthy for a tight end, 5.7 yak per reception. So he is breaking some tackles much more than Michael Mayer. He is able to do some stuff with the ball in his hands. It's, it's not like a Gronkowski. It's not a Kittle by any means, but he is able to make a defender miss and do something with the ball in his hands. And I think a really fun stat, too, is in the biggest game of his career against Kev's USC Trojans, Dalton Kincaid, 16 catch, 234 yard with a sprinkle of a tutty masterpiece. And like I watched that game live. I don't watch a lot of college football. I And I was really impressed. Like the guy put the team on his back, beat USC in a huge game. It was like Caleb Williams, big game uh, against Utah. And the dude was unguardable. And I love that. He's a gamer. He's screaming up draft boards right now. This man, Daniel Jeremiah, has got him ninth overall as his ninth best prospect i'm all in on kincaid aiden what do you think about don kincaid yeah i love kincaid i think from a pure like pass catching standpoint at the tight end position in this draft like he's my clear number one um like an overall tight end like with his blocking is probably not like you know the most overall package but i think in terms of like being an athlete and an absolute nightmare matchup he's gonna be awesome at the next level like you said like he's had some of those games where it just feels like they're double teaming him and there's just no answer for him with his size and athleticism and soft hands. It's just like put the ball somewhere near him and he's coming down with the ball and he's just kind of locked in. So again, as a UCLA fan, I've watched him the last two years too, just like terrorize us. And it's like, can anyone cover this guy? Like, how do we do it? Like, do we chip him, put a third guy on him? Like, what do you do? It just feels like his athletic upside. If he lands up in the right spot is going to be an absolute beast for both just NFL purposes and and fantasy football rosters. I think he's going to crush in fantasy. Absolutely. Kevin, what do you think? You think it's sacrilege to take him over a wide receiver? 
I think it's sacrilegious to take him over like two other tight ends. I'm not a big fan of Dalton Kincaid. Okay. And that, that's not just because he beat up on you, a weak ass USC defense. That was so Utah put up like 100 points against USC between two games. And it, it wasn't just because of Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Cameron Rising was going ham both of those games. He, he, he went nutso. And then uh, who's this other tight end? Thomas Yassin. USC just couldn't stop their tight ends yeah. at all. It was, Yassin had, uh, had more production. I mean, an injured Kincaid in the second game, but he put up like 81 yards on two catches and a touchdown. So let's not go crazy over beating up USC's terrible defense. He, like yeah. one of his other 200-yard games last season was against a FCS Southern Utah team. Um, you know, I'm not a big Kincaid guy because he was a super senior last yeah. year. And yes, he's supposed to put up the numbers he put up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not like shocked that uh, a 23-year-old was outproducing 20-year-olds on the field. It comes down to a Dalton Kincaid. Uh, he wasn't consistently productive. His big games came against very weak defenses, and he was like 23 years old doing all this. He's going to draft and be 24. Uh, I think I, I, I don't think much of him. I don't think he's very good in terms of as a prospect. I think he was a great college player who's not going to translate too too well to the NFL level. Hot take. He was good as a senior. Yeah. I don't know why he came back. He, he, he kind of surprised people. I think he would have been a, a early day two pick if he had come out. Yeah, he had production his, uh, his year before last. I think he was in community college. Or I don't know where he, he was, was prior Diego. to. So I don't blame him yeah. for his one What's year. Up? He was in San Diego. Yeah, so he USD. actually played one year of high school football. Oh. He was a high school basketball player. And he made the jump from basketball player to uh, football player, so he actually started at USD, so you know, super small school, and then he uh, transferred. Yeah, he was getting, he was getting outproduced by Brent Kui. Never heard of Brent Kui. Uh, similar age, yeah, at, in twenty twenty one, and I don't expect the best from tight ends, but when you're getting outproduced by another tight end who's a no name who's not getting drafted and is the same age as you, I'm not, I'm not super into that okay. honestly. I'm believing in a late bloomer, but yeah, he he was old. There's no denying that. And he does have a back injury. That's something you do need to keep in mind, too, for Dynasty folks. Uh, there's some questions about Dalton Kincaid's back. But, Aiden, passing it over to you, man. I think I know who you're taking. Who are you cool. taking five? Um, I'm going to go back to wide receivers here and go with Zay Flowers. Um, I'm super high on Zay Flowers. Feels like he's flying up draft boards, speaking to people that are absolutely rising. Uh, combine yeah. and uh, pro day. Um you look at his production, it's only about a thousand yards or so, but the QB play was so poor at Boston College last year. They so didn't even, bad. like, between, oh how was it? Uh, dude, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Jerkovic. Phil Jerkovic. Jerkovic. And I hate that. Dude. <laughs> he was going to be the guy. He was he supposed, was to, supposed be the guy. to be the guy. Got her. Yeah. Between him and more, they didn't even throw for 3,000 yards, like a three to two TD to INT ratio. Like, the passing offense was really poor there. The fact that he even went for a thousand yards uh, feels like somewhat of a miracle. Like when you watch Give his him the tape, Medal of Freedom. He needs the Medal of Freedom for like, Joe Biden yeah, like, for going for a thousand with Djokovic. Like you watch his tape, and like some of his more exciting highlights are where he's just breaking off DBs, and like Djokovic gets sacked, but he's like five yards behind the DB. It's like a real QB, like getting him in a nice offense, like. He gives me Tyler Lockett vibes, kind of his size and kind of route tree potential. I think, you know, all three levels, whether it's stuff under the middle, stuff, you know, deep or it's kind of like your like like deep ins and outs. Uh, pretty successful route tree. It's not kind of like a uh, one trick pony. I'm, I'm pretty high on him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the second or third wide receiver off the board in just a couple of weeks. Um, but what do you guys think about Zay Flowers? Kev, he's another senior. Uh, he's another senior. You, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not just senior. Just he wasn't like he wasn't a dominant producer. I guess twenty twenty, but it, even so, it's like relative to team. It wasn't super crazy. Like Hunter Long was like almost step. Uh, Hunter Long had more receptions. The Rams. Uh, they had more touchdowns. The Rams goat Hunter Long is that the guy? The Rams traded Long. Uh, that is that is Rams. the return for never, elite future Hall of Famer Jalen Ramsey. So. Never forget. But um, yeah, it, it's not like Zay Flowers had like this dominant season where his second best competition was Hunter Long. And then he, his like production wasn't as good as a junior. And then he broke out, broke out as a senior where, you know, kudos to him for breaking out eventually. But even so, I didn't see on tape something that, you know, going back to Quentin Johnson moves different. I didn't see that out of Zay Flowers. Like he feels like it feels like weird when he's turning a corner on his route where he has 4-4 four, four speed, but 
I, I was kind of hoping for 4-3 to be like, okay, he, he's that difference maker speed-wise. He could be your deep threat. He's 5'10", like 177, so he's a smaller guy. Um, relative to weight, I wasn't very impressed by his speed, and I don't see on film something that is going to just make a, a huge difference at the next level. I think he's going to be a good player, just I don't think he's going to be a great player, which, fine for fantasy. He, if, he's, if he lands like in a very good environment like the Chargers, per se, and like, you know, Keenan Allen's getting older, Mike Williams can't stay healthy. I would draft safe flowers on the Chargers, but I'm not going to draft safe flowers on like the Ravens or a low pass volume no, offense no. where, please, you know what I mean? But like, the Ravens, because the, uh, the Patriots, no, yeah, I, I, no. I don't trust him. I mean, Patriots, that would be a good fit in terms of like adding, you know, they need a Zay Flowers type on the team. Like, yeah. But We're when fair. it comes down to like fantasy production, I don't want a Zay Flowers on a like average to below average pass volume offense because I don't think he does. T- Tyler Lockett, think about how long it t- took Tyler Lockett to be Tyler Lockett in general. Tyler Lockett developed while he was in the NFL. He got even yeah. better. So you're, you're projecting a lot out of Zay Flowers to have to get to that level. Can he be early career Tyler Lockett? Sure, by all means. Can, he can have that similar production on like a per target or per route basis. Not per route, per uh, reception basis, but... um. I don't buy Zay Flowers as this future wide receiver one or even two, maybe fringe two at best, but that's about it. And that would take, like a, like I said, a Chargers-esque offense. Yeah, Matt Harmon with a reception perception that I referenced earlier had him 74th percentile against man, 79th percentile against press man, and 59th against zone. Uh, he had him, when he charted him, 29% of snaps out of the slot, 39% at right. 26 at left. Yeah, he's interesting. He's like an alpha wide receiver who's tiny. Like, that's kind of his profile. And yeah. Does that translate at the next level? Is That's tough. Like, really, the only outlier there is like that, that's hit is T.Y. Hilton, right? Like, guys that have been really good, highly productive wide receivers at that size. So, like, I think the late production stuff is tough. He's not going to show up in a lot of prospect models, right? Like, he's not going to flash on the screen like a Jalen Hyatt would. I see what you're saying about like Kev about him maybe being more like of a less chaotic route runner, but when it hits on the tape, it it looks really smooth. It looks really heady, and yeah, he's gotten comped recently to Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson's a really good route runner separator, but has stone hands. And Zay Flowers has like stone hands. Look at his drop rate; it's tough. But yeah, I I agree. I think it's super fair to be skeptical with Zay. But I think he just makes you feel something when you watch him. Like, he just gets you fired. Up. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's hard to describe. Yeah, just going, again, the, the whole move's different. It's just his hips. I felt like his hips were slow. He just didn't turn fast enough on tape. You know, he's fast, but it just, the movement wasn't really impressive. And Boston College, I guess, ACC, so he's facing good competition. But I, I wasn't super into it. Like, he's fine. I'm not, like, I wouldn't, I, I'm not, like, do not draft Zay Flowers. I'm just not gonna say go get him and if a team takes him i think he helps the team which is great so i wouldn't like knock a team for taking him because he's gonna help like he could be a solid z wide receiver he could be that too but i just don't know about the fantasy production and yeah deontay johnson i guess the fine comp but like deontay johnson with like kenny pickett stuff in terms of fantasy. But herbert yeah sign me up herbert now we're now we're talking okay all right kev you got picks six and seven what are you doing okay now i'm now I'm going to go with the good, the good small wide receiver, Josh Downs, there UNC. Is. There it is. Now, Josh Downs, uh, slower than Zay Flowers. They're both run 4-9, but Josh, uh, Josh Downs is closer to that 4-5 uh, range. However, Josh Downs, going back to it, moves different. You look at him with not just the ball in his hands. Before the catch, he can shake a defender so well in that like 5-10 to 10 yard range that I trust him to get open on a regular basis in the NFL. Uh, he might be a slot. He might be a pure slot, which is unfortunate due to his size and speed. But when it comes down to it, and I, I, you look at him and you look at his production, sophomore production, 100 receptions, yeah. 101 receptions, 1,300 yards, uh, more than twice as much as the next guy on the team. He was playing with Sam Howell, so he had an NFL quarterback. Uh, he didn't have Phil Jerkovich, but I mean, it's Jerkovich. not like Sam Howell's. How dare you? It's Phil Jerkovich. Yeah, Jerkovich. Jerkovich. Call him Jerkovich. Ex- excuse me. Dude's a dude sucks. Jerkovich. That guy sucked. I... Yeah, you're you're a Jerkovich. No, I, I I watch Josh Downs. I look at his production. It checks out. I, is he going to be a deep threat? No, but can he take it deep with the ball in his hands? Absolutely. 
I, he's one of those guys, but he, he has good hands too. So it's not like I'm worried about the ball getting in his hands. It's just, I don't think he's going to be, he's not Marquise Brown. He's not Will Fuller. He's, I don't know. I don't even know. I think if you want to say the DJ with Ben Roethlisberger, I think that's, you know, I don't know why, I don't know why we keep going to Deontay Johnson as the comp here. And I, you know, I'm because they're all the problem, small. Everyone, just, these are all small dudes, dude. They're all tiny. They're so small. It's hard. The biggest problem is the NFL hasn't drafted this mold of wide receiver until more recently. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, offensive rules have helped and benefited these smaller yeah. wide receivers, given that you can't really touch them anyway. So looking at Josh Downs, again, going back to the production, going to the tape, it all checks out. He had alpha level production. And I think he could have some semblance of that in the NFL as long as he stays healthy. Um, you know, he could have those 150 yard, 150 target seasons, um, high catch rates. I'm very excited about him no matter where he lands, honestly. I, I'd be drafting him. At 5'8", Josh Downs by far and away was the best contested catcher. 72% uh, completion percentage on contested catches for Josh Downs. At five eight. That's impressive for that size. What a baller! What a baller! He's, he's, in my yeah. notes, I just have he's really fucking good. <laughs> that's what's in yeah. my notes. He he's small, but he's good, and, and that's kind of the case with all of these guys. They're small, but they're good, and you kind of just have to pick your poison. You can't really look at height. I, I, I honestly, yeah. like tell you know the, these are all short kings. They're tiny titans. We love them. They're so they're so talented, and they again they move in a special way, like the Josh Downs, the the Addisons. Um, you know, even the flowers in his own way, like when he gets deep, he, he's a, he's very good at the, at the top of his route. That's where I like Zay flowers aside from the hands. But like when he gets open at the top of his route, he's very good. It's just in the middle where it kind of bothers me. Yeah. So I, I would take Josh Downs over the Zay flowers, but he'd be my four. He's like, you know, there's that top three. You can't touch that top three, but right under is Josh Downs. Okay. I like it. Josh Downs, nasty route runner. Uh, who do you have taking it seven? Now, I. Uh, there's someone I would take at seven, but there's someone I'm be, just because just to follow along with pass catchers, not to get too caught up with, you know, my love for wide receivers. I already have two in this draft, so let's pretend, you know, I my my roster stacked. I'm gonna take a tight end here. I'm taking Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. He'd oh. be my tight end one in fantasy. Wow. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Wow. I wanted... he's not my tight end one in real life because right. I love Darnell Washington. I think he's the most talented tight end for the sake of real life because using him as like a sixth O-line his yak and uh, his ability uh, to be an end zone target. I love Darnell Washington. I would not take him in fantasy because I don't think he's going to have the target share necessary. However, looking at Luke Musgrave, you know, his uh, he doesn't have, he has like next to no production in college, which None. is unfortunate. He didn't but play he tore his ACL. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't play. My comp is Hunter Henry, early career Hunter Henry. Okay. I think he's going to be a dynamic pass catcher down the field. I think he's the guy people think Dalton Kincaid is. Okay. And it's so unfortunate that he missed all of that time in college. Uh, you know, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I like to watch, you know, the the, the, uh, the opposing teams in Musgrave. When he did play, those little snippets were impressive. He showed that, sm uh, that speed at the combine. He had, like, I think he was like a 4-5, 4-6. He was very, you know, he had great tight end speed. And... He's like built like Kyle Honestly, Pitts. It's just so unfortunate. He's like Loki built like yeah. Kyle Pitts, like his athletic profile. He's insane. It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, I, in my notes for, for Musgrave, I have if Mike Gusecki was good, <laughs> that's my cop for like Luke Musgrave. Like if Luke, like if Mike Gusecki could like break a tackle and run downfield, like he, he seems like one of those seam route tight ends. It's just like you put him in. And he's just, they're just going to change the dynamic of the offense. He's a mega athlete, but yeah, he couldn't stay healthy. Um, that I hate guys who can't stay healthy, but I hate that more so like in redraft where it's like a one shot. Like I, I have one shot at this guy. If he can't stay healthy, I'm screwed. Uh, but with Musgrave, I'm willing to bet on him long term. And like I said, the uh, the early career Hunter Henry, when he still had that explosion, mm -hmm. I think that's what he can be where like he's like nine yards per target, uh, like eight to 10 touchdown potential. Uh, but again, just has to stay healthy. And that was the Hunter Henry conundrum until now where he's just kind of a jag. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, and, you know, dude. at this well, point, you know, at this paid. point, yeah, he got you good for him. I'm, I'm happy he's rich, but <laughs> at the same time, he kind of sucks now. So um, what All are you right. going to do? All right. Musgrave's my guy here, you know, shooting for upside. I, I would have taken another small wide receiver, but I, I, have, I just have too many of those at this point. Okay. Aiden, 
who are you taking at eight? Let's do it. I'll I'll keep the tight end train going. Um, I thought he'd be gone. I'll take Michael Mayer uh, from Notre Dame here. There it is. I thought I thought you were gonna take him, Kev. Um, so I I was ready to cross him out. I was like, gone. All right, he's gone. Uh, I'll go ahead and take Michael Mayer. Um, I think uh, one of my favorite parts about him is one, super productive over the last two years at Notre Dame. But two, I think he's gonna be on the field a ton due to his blocking ability. I don't think he's a tight end that's only gonna be on the field for you know passing snaps or that's only going to be keyed on for passing plays i think because of him doing the dirty work he's going to play a ton he's definitely a three down guy and another thing i like about his his yards after catch like you watch his tape and it just feels like he's consistently dragging people like five yards for first downs just the strength and yards after catch like he gives me this like jason witten vibe to a degree terms of just like i'm getting pretty big dude like not the fastest but like for sure an athlete for six four two fifty like He's an athlete out there. He's going to be an issue matched up against linebackers or some of those smaller slot corners. And I see him producing from day one. Um, whether he's actually like elite in terms of fantasy standards, I have trouble seeing that. But in terms of like being like an absolutely sturdy NFL tight end who's going to, you know, do both the dirty work in the passing game and blocking, um, I like Michael Mayer a lot. Dude, I have in my notes. Is he the fastest slow dude in the world? Like, cause he's not fast, <laughs> but he can he can scoop. He can kind of go like, once he starts moving. He's like going, and like he had an insane amount of contested catch opportunities, yep. so six most in college football last year, and he came down with sixty five percent of those. Now that can be kind of a bad thing because usually if you're always in contested catch situations, it means you're not necessarily uh, uh, separating, <laughs> but. I mean, he he just refuses to drop the ball. Like, he's just, like, Mr. Reliable. He is, like, a later career Antonio Gates, like, later career Jason Witten. No disrespect, because those guys were really dynamic athletes when they came into the league. But, like, Mayer is, like, you you put him on the Bengals. You Send put him, him Dallas on, and let's cook. Send yeah, him to Dallas and like, let's cook. The Cowboys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jake Ferguson erasure. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, we got a Ferguson truther. I love it. But like you you also put him on like the Dolphins and he would just crush in that Shanahan McDaniel type scheme. And yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Mayer. But my comp, you know, not to get too deep into comps, but my comp for uh Michael Mayer is Heath Miller. I think he's just gonna be a guy. That helps you win football games. He does the dirty work, like you said. He, he consistent, like 80 to 100 targets yearly, but just not a fantasy, like a, a breakout fantasy star. So, like, I don't want, like, not a roster clogger, but just a guy you're just like reluctantly starting in fantasy, where he's like, oh, I got 10 to 12 points out of my tight end, which is great, but I'd rather have the guy I think could put up Mark Andrews' numbers. Who thinks better, Friar Muth or Mayor? I mean, that, that's. I mean, as a prospect mayor, but Friermuth's proven it at the NFL level. So I'd have to go. If you give me like a toss up, I'd go Friermuth. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So that, so I, I'd take the proven commodity who's still kind of young and hasn't really dealt with injury. Yeah. I mean, mayor hasn't either, but he's proven himself where Musgrave, I, I, I'm taking the shot on potentially being a great tight end. And if he fizzles out or gets hurt again, whatever, I drop him. Who cares? It's, tight it's the tight end position. Yeah. Like, like yeah, you're swinging exactly. for the fence yeah. with that position. You know, it's like, type in the top few. It's, yeah. It's such a marginal difference. You yeah. came. It would there. take a very, it would take a very bad offense for Mayer to land on to get those like Jason Witt- Witten target numbers. I think because you know he didn't really play with much talent at Notre Dame oh. in terms of you know wide receivers or whatever. So he was kind of like the only guy, and he put up solid numbers. Like no one's saying he was bad, but it it just wasn't you know per target per reception or anything too amazing. It was just good. It was like really good. And real life, I think he's my like tight end one too. Like he's in that mix with Washington, just like depending on team need. And like team construction, and you know whether you're more run heavy or pass heavy, but yeah, fantasy wise, I'm not as he's just so meh. Yeah, low. I, he if he develops into a high floor player, that's kind of like probably his best case situation at tight end. Yeah, and it's just like I don't want that in a dynasty. Like I'll trade for that after the first year if somebody's disappointed by Michael Mayer not being Travis Kelsey or some shit. You know, yeah. maybe he's Zach Ertz. Maybe I don't think so, but I think he could. You know. I don't see him. People playing. say that, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. But no, like, no, he's no. not athletic I think enough. Like Zach Ertz had some scoops. No, like Zach exactly. Ertz was quick. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but like that. Like I said, like the uh, like six hundred to eight hundred yards yearly with like five to eight touchdowns. That's Michael Mayer. It's pretty good with good pass yeah, pro. 
pretty yeah, good. it's good. It's a good player. But player. I'm not I'm not breaking my dynasty no. draft bank here no. for that. Okay. Okay, cool. So Michael Mayer is off the board. I am sitting here and I have to make this pick, and I don't really want to, but the data doesn't lie. And Jalen Hyatt needs to come off. The yeah, there he goes. And I know the I know the stats are fake news. Like I get it. He faced zero press coverage. It was a fake offense. They ran him outside of the hashes. They stacked him behind other wide receivers. And they just let his four four speed get after it. I've heard all the comps. He's just DK Metcalf that's never seen a weight room. Like I, I get it. He is at best probably like a Will Fuller or a Ted Ginn, which again isn't waking you up in the middle of the night, but like at some point or another, whether it's skill or scheme, the stats he put up last year are absurd. And when you plug that in, he's an early declare like breakout candidate, one of Bolitnikov. You put that stats into any model based off his speed scores. The guy comes out as somebody who's going to be a good NFL player. Now, it may be wrong, right? He may be too light to be in the NFL. He may be not be very good. He may be not have any nuanced route running skills. Like it's a big maybe. At this point in the draft, I take Jalen Hyatt. He's off the board. I'm swooping him up, even though it seems a little fake news. But on the off chance, he is just like baby Will Fuller. I'm I'm here for it. I mean, Will Fuller had a wide receiver one season in points per game on steroids. Years ago. Ago. So it's That's not like Will, Ferrell, Will Fuller yeah. on steroids is a different <laughs> beast. Pre or post drugs, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That was very, but that's very fair. But hey, maybe Jalen Hyatt roids up one year and you get a fantasy wide receiver one. So maybe he already is. And that's what I, happened. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Hyatt guy because I think he was, I think that Tennessee offense was so fake. I don't care. I think everything was so filthily schemed up. And, you know, shout out to Hupel for doing what he did with Hooker and making him look like a first round quarterback and fooling everybody for like 75% of a season. But I, I go back and watch Hyatt and it's just like him behind two huge wide receivers yeah. like Tillman and I don't know who else. And it's just like him just running straight after they block five guys in front of him. So, you know, he's fast by all means, but he's not like four, three, five. again, not he's four, four on the dot, like, which is fast, but it's not game breaker fast. It's not like it, it helps an offense. Yeah, it was a little disappointing. I thought he was going to run yeah. the four. Aiden, did you think? I thought he was going to run the four. Three. I thought he was going to be. Was like, I think okay. it would have helped him mightily if he would run the four threes, given the, yeah. Like, like, it kind of feels like a one-trick pony, especially on offense. It's like, besides being a deep ball threat, it's like, I don't see him being like a full route tree, you know, all three levels of the field. So, like, you know, a low 4-3 probably would have helped him quite a bit. Um, but to your point, it's like the athletic profile is definitely interesting. Um, at this point, what, we're in the, the end of the third round here with our wide receivers. Like, no brainer. I'll take a swing on that speed, you know, if it ends up being, you know, a Will Fuller, like, Hell, that's awesome. If it is, you know, bargain bin Ted Ginn, that's a bummer. But at this point, I think we're at the point where it's like, you know what? Like, <laughs> swing for the fences. I love speed. Just like, go for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have bad feels that it could end up a Devin Duvernay, oh, where oh, Duvernay no. was super productive at the end of his career. Yeah. And they have different body types. Like, Duvernay is like built thicker. He's more yakky uh, in terms of like, or no, yards after contacty yeah. than Hyatt, who just misses guys. I don't know. They're both fast, they're both small. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not super into that profile and I'm not super into the tape, especially considering that he didn't break out until his junior year. He just was super, and it's just not like, it's not like they weren't passing too much that he just wasn't earning targets until they were just throwing behind the line of scrimmage and having him go insane. So and I, I can't get into, I can't get into Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, he's going to be super landing spot dependent. Like if, yeah. if again, Perfect. we keep saying Herbert, Give Justin Herbert that kind of. They need a weapon so bad. Yeah. If they don't That'd get someone cool. early, like they've got to do it, right? They have. That to. would be pretty. That would be pretty cool if that kind of speed got injected into that offense. They need it bad because he, you know, he have, he offers no wiggle. He doesn't break tackles. It's yeah, one trick pony. But I had to take it with that kind of production at this yep. point in the draft. <sighs> I don't really want to take his teammate. I can't have two Tennessee guys, and basically. Cedric Tillman's ceiling is Michael Gallup. So I don't know if I'm taking Tillman here. I'm out on Tennessee just, wide receivers. I'm out. <laughs> I know. I got I got a couple guys staring me in the face here that I like, but I'm just going to have the most disgusting team of all time. I'm taking Sam Laporta, tight end, out of Iowa okay. off the board here. I'm going two tight ends, two wide receivers for just a really 
bad team here. What I think is really cool with Laporta, he's pretty good route runner. You don't think that he's going to be a good route runner, and then you watch the tape, and he's got way more wiggle than Michael Mayer. He is smaller than Mayer, right? So Laporta is about 6'3". But he, yeah. he's, he's doing stuff at the line of the scrimmage that's really cool, and he's lining up all over the place. He's kind of got that like George Kittle demon energy once he gets the ball. Like It's not super clean when he catches it, right? It doesn't look great. It doesn't look that natural. But once he's got the ball in his hands, he's like, okay, time to hit somebody. Like He's like a bull in a china shop, which like I super love to see out of a tight end. They ran a ton of screen passes, like behind the line of scrimmage screen passes to this guy, and he was just making guys miss. He actually had 20 missed tackles forced on 58 catches last year. So whenever he got the ball in his hands, he was making guys miss. And then his athletic profile at the combine was off the charts. He had a 9.5 math bomb RAS score. So, like, he he tested exceptionally well. He can definitely hang as a blocker, has yak ability. I think he's really fun. He's just fun to watch. So I'm adding to my team. It's just a bunch of uh, boomer bus guys and a uh, 25-year-old. So that that's my squad here. So I'm going with Sam Laporta. Um, your guys' thoughts on Laporta? I like Laporta. Laporta is interesting. Uh, since his, He's been productive since his true freshman year. Uh, looking at him, I mean, he he was tight end one after I think TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant left. So he kind of took over and wasn't obvious. He didn't play too much. He only played six games, but he was one of the five uh, top five receiving guys. And then he led the team in receptions as a sophomore. In the last two seasons, he dominated production, which is exactly what you want to see. And like I said, with tight ends, it's weird. You don't really need them to be number one on the team year over year to be a great prospect. You just need them to be up there. And he was up there every single year. Um, you watch his tape, you know, middle of the field, fluid hips. Uh, you love to see that out of a tight end. Uh, again, not the most dominant, you know, downfield maybe, but like good yak guy. I, I'm intrigued by Laporta. I want to see where he gets drafted. Aiden, what do you think about Laporta? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, uh, I think the biggest thing you said that I agree with, is like just running angry, just like a big dude, just always getting those tough yards. Um, I was got pretty rap of uh, producing tight ends too so it's like let, uh, let's see where he lands it feels like there's a lot of untapped potential with him too so the right landing spot could absolutely turn into um you know a, a decent fancy production there or um you know maybe it's just something mediocre i don't know but again good production the last two years um at, at this point in the draft i think it's a good pick all right aiden the last time you had the last pick in a draft you took deuce vaughn and it and it shook the world at its foundation. Who is your last pick in this draft? So I'm going small again. We're going small, guys. I've got it. I've got three tiny wide receivers and Michael Mayer. I'm going with Tank Dell. Um, <laughs> if we want to talk about tiny, tiny dudes who absolutely produce, um, I don't know who else fits the bill better than Tank Dell. Um, like 2,700 yards and 19 TDs over the last two years at Houston. Um, the level of play in the American Conference is like definitely something to note, and it feels like his role is definitely very limited. Like, I see like best case scenario is probably like a Tavon Austin type guy. Um, you know, like he he's probably not playing on the outside. I think a lot of his NFL value could come in the return game, but in terms of production at the college level, definitely stands out there. And Tutu Atwell Jr., baby. Yeah, I he's, think he's Tutu again, Atwell back we're, live in the flesh. We're just keeping this Kev's team Tutu tiny, Atwell. but like watching him on tape is fun, man. He he's just a slippery it little is. dude, like just it's absolutely elite production at the college level. But again, I think like the two biggest knocks are one, like it's the American Conference, so you know, take it as you will. Like it's not a power five school; it's not the best level of competition. And you know, how capped is his role at the NFL level? Is he just a returner? Is he someone that's actually you know? getting valuable reps out of the slot, getting jet sweeps and really getting the ball or um, or not. But my last pick here, I'm going production and just potential, just like home run hitting ability at the next level. God, I wish I liked Tank Dell. Uh, production came later in his career, like junior, sophomore, or junior, senior and whatnot, which is fine. It's not like to say he didn't break out. He broke out by all means. He had insane production, but you know, he, he's kind of that, like you said, 2-2 out well, baby between 2-2 and Jalen Darden, where it's like, their value is going to come either as like a wide receiver four or like a special teamer if they stay on their team for all three, four years of their contract. I, I don't see NFL wide receiver because that side, it's just so tough. It's brutal. Five, nine, 155. That's 
he's taller and the same weight as Tutu Atwell. You can, that doesn't play. That just does not play in the league. And it's unfortunate because there is a cap to which these players can be tiny. And, you know, the downs, the flowers, um, you know, my pick that's coming. These guys, you know, you could be tiny, but you have to meet a certain threshold. Not to say there's like a perfect BMI because, that you know, BMI for the most part is BS. Like we saw Devonta Smith just dominate yeah. beside, uh, despite it. But there is a certain weight, like floor you have to hit to be capable of playing and manning up against uh, like NFL cornerbacks who are all a certain size, at least. At some point, like if they turn sideways and they're still flat, then we, we just we got to be out. But like, it's unfortunate. Um, but they just disappear. They're like 2D. <laughs> but no, if you watch all his routes and stuff, he's fun. Guys on Twitter love him. Yeah, it's just like, well, I, I appreciate it. It's a fun last pick. I don't I'm skeptical. I don't I don't know, but he's fun to watch. Like, it's just a fun blast. To watch. And his name's Tank. And he's literally the smallest dude in the draft. His name. Well, he's not. Deuce is actually dude. this class is so, yeah. so fucking small. Oh well, Deuce has some weight on him. Deuce can he's like, thick. you know, is he's, he's, he's got like 20 pounds on him. He's got like 20 or 30 pounds on Tank. And he's yeah, three sure. inches shorter. It would be hilarious if Deuce Vaughn was like 155. At his height, you're just like, there's obviously no chance he makes it in the Sir, NFL. That, that is, is his child. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's that a middle schooler. That is a tiny person. This made me look up Jalen Darden's stats, not to go off on a tangent here, but I didn't realize Burrow had 11, no, 1,200 yards and 19 touchdowns in nine games his senior year. So, like, shout out Jalen Darden for putting up absurd numbers that last year. But yeah, it's like you could put up absurd numbers in college in like a week conference and it really just doesn't matter when you get to the NFL because you're just it, it's like it you're playing in a week conference you didn't really have the size and it just didn't translate no I feel that Kev last pick Take us home. bring us home you said you're taking another tiny one who, who do you got on the board yeah I'm taking one of one of the tiniest that fit the bill and it's Marvin Mims there it is Marvin Mims it at Oklahoma big 12 school he's been amazingly productive since his true freshman year he was a wide receiver one. He played with Rattler. It's not like he was playing with Kyler and Hurts and all that good stuff. He was playing with Rattler and then, had, yeah, obviously Caleb Williams. That was great, but Caleb left this last yeah. year. And, you know, Mims was putting up numbers year over year, and he just had his best season. True, true junior coming out. So he's coming out as an early declare, I believe. Yeah, like, I thought he would be a bigger thing. I, I, I thought after his true freshman year, but he kind of, you know, fell to the wayside. Uh, he had a, a dominant, productive year as a sophomore, but that was kind of like with Williams and Rattler kind of sharing the bill. So they had a weird year at Oklahoma, his sophomore year. And then this last year, he put up the, you know, what, what is it? Over a thousand yards. He's had 20 yards for catch over the last two seasons. Uh, it, it's like, dude can play. He's that guy. He, he had twice as much. Yeah, he like play twice as many yards as the next guy in Oklahoma this year as Braden Willis. They played the same amount of games, more catch. I, I don't know. Like, we're not talking about Marvin Mims enough. I would take Marvin Mims. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would take him legitimately in like the real draft, like a first round pick. Like, I would take him over the Hyatt. I would take him over Zay Flowers. I think he's that dude. He's my wide receiver five in this class behind Downs. Uh, more of the deep threat than Downs is because Downs is more of like the, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage guy. And I don't think Marvin Mims is going to break fantasy, but I think he's going to be a fantastic real-life NFL wide receiver who has his big, like, best ball games that you're just like, holy crap, I got 25 points out of Marvin Mims from nowhere. You see the ceiling, like, where Cedric Tillman, you think, you look at him and he's like, this guy's going to be a good NFL player. Then it's like Brandon LaFell, <laughs> you know, or like big X guy, like Michael Gallup is the ceiling. But you see Marvin Mims and like it might be number 17. It's might be because he's wearing the hand warmer thing. I see a little scary Terry to his game. And it he's nice. And he blew up the combine. Like his like him and Jonathan Mingo in particular both had really good combines. And I thought maybe you were going Mingo here. But I, I like Mims. He he's gaining yeah. some steam. Mims is uh is gaining some steam as somebody who's could be a pretty good NFL player. Aiden, what do you Absolutely. what do you think about I, Mims? I, I'm big on yeah, Mims. I like him too. I I saw a, a comp earlier that I really like too to Darnell Mooney. I I see more Mooney than Ooh. Scary Terry in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah, 
scary is like his because i think like scary terry you like he's like breaking like wide receiver one you know in, like in a lot of weeks whereas i think like darnell mooney is a safer like ceiling for him like i think he could absolutely slot in as a wide receiver to the nfl level and be uber productive as he's already shown to do multiple years at you know big time power five school mooney's gone over a thousand yards in an nfl season before. yeah so like a lot of yeah. people yeah. think of mooney is kind of like oh darnell mooney darnell Mooney's like a good player so that that's a good yeah. comp yeah yeah, I love that's yeah. that's a good uh, that's exactly what I would say. And, you know, he's the perfect, like, complimentary exactly. wide receiver. Like, you, you know, we're talking about uh, Jordan Addison, JSN complimentary. Like, they're more so complimentary, high like, end, very high target, end, sh- high, high, high end, end target share guys. But you put up Marvin Mims next to Traylon Burks in Tennessee. You know, I, I keep going back to Tennessee because they just don't have yeah. a wide receiver, too. Yeah. But, like, you put any of these guys, honestly, and, and really I love it. I wouldn't put a Josh Downs. I wouldn't put a Josh Downs next to a Burks because I just feel like their games kind of overlap in a weird way. But like Addison, JSN, Mims, I would love any combination of that with Traylon Burks in Tennessee. I really hope they draft a wide receiver because I mean, it's, their offense is so ugly without it. And I want Traylon Burks to succeed so bad, but he can't no. do it on his own on that. Like, you're tra- All right, Kev. Okay. Boys, this was a great time. Um, I already forgot everyone's teams. I think I, I, I came down with QJ, Dalton Kincaid, Zaylen Hyatt, Sam Laporta. Aiden, who's your four? Uh, four was JSN, Zay Flowers, Michael Mayer, and Tank Delph. Who do you got, Kev? Marvin Mims, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, and Luke Musgrave. It's a squad. Okay, the team that scores the most points next year gets uh, a round of drinks on the losing team. Deal? Deal. Let's do it. it. All right. All right, boys. Shake hands. Cans. Shake virtual hands. Kev, thanks for joining us. Aiden, thanks for hopping in, filling in for Keegan. This was a blast. It's great covering this uh, really weird and small Time. wide receiver class. Um, if you have made it this far into the episode, please go touch some grass, hug a loved one. We appreciate all the support. And uh, until next time.